Join us in a world where you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Sit back as we discuss hard-won lessons from the best and brightest of the personal defense and competition shooting industry has to offer. Let us help you help yourself, no matter where you are in your personal path. Ballistic Radio, brought to you by LuckyGunner.com and Federal Premium Ammunition. They paid for this, so you don't have to. Now here's your host, John Johnston. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by LuckyGunner.com and Federal Premium Ammunition. They paid for this, so you don't have to. I'm your host, John Johnston. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at BallisticRadio.com and get the latest behind-the-scenes info, arguments, photos, videos, other things at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. (sighs) Hey, Joe. How long have we been doing this? Uh, Today or in general? In general. Years. Uh, Yeah, years. Yours. This is going to be the greatest show ever. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I really think so. I also feel like I've felt like a bad person before. I don't know that I've ever felt like this bad of a person until right now, this second. Right. Like, right now. 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 But hey, before we talk about that. What's that? This segment brought to you by Lucky Gunner and Federal Premium Ammunition. Whether there was a firefight. Or you do, in fact, want to worry about that little guy, or maybe even you call one of your friends and wake them up out of a sound sleep to record a show with you, you need more ammo. And when it's time to restock, you can't beat Federal Premium Ammunition and LuckyGunner.com. With a shipping department that's always moving at 88 miles per hour, if I order a case of American Eagle from Lucky Gunner on a Thursday, it's at my doorstep ready to shoot before the weekend starts. Head to LuckyGunner.com today to check out their in-stock lineup of Federal Premium Ammunition. Remember, unless you're on fire or drowning or some other thing that I am not considering, you can never really have too much ammo. So joining me today on the show, I'm super, super excited. It's Melody Lauer. Hey, Melody. Hi. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um, so for those that are listening, what, here's what happened. Uh, no shit. There we were. Um, I, yeah, what happened was we had another guest that was scheduled for this time slot and, um, not able to get a hold of them. I, I, hopefully everything's all right. Um, you know, and just, they've, they've lost track of time, but either way, the show must go on. Uh, so I called you with no warning and from how you answered the phone, um, you were really asleep about three minutes ago. Yes. Yes, I was. I was, I was actually in a deep, deep dream and I'm not telling you about it because it was disturbing. So it's still like in my, my, like in my mind's eye, which is also really disturbing, but continue. Huh? Well, anyway. So, one, thanks for being a good sport, uh, and two, thanks for being an amazing friend because I, I would, frankly, it was either Melody will do this or I'm not calling any other person last minute. So, like, you you were at the top of my list as far as people that I would inconvenience. That's just so you know. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so, I guess my first question, and so for those that don't know, Melody and I have worked together for many years. Um, we're both part of Citizens Defense Research. Melody is the better part and actually runs the company. And I just sort of, I, I go places and do things. But um, I guess my first question for you 
in all your years doing this, and you've been doing it longer than I have, um, what do you think is what? No, let me let me rephrase that. Do you think that people um, lose sight of the fact that this is supposed to be fun on some level or another? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think they lose fact of the or lose sight of the fact that it's supposed to be fun, and they also um, the the more they get into it, they and it, it, it can be like anything. Um, you know, you can get obsessed with anything, and you can get consumed with anything. But because of the seriousness of the topic, um, particularly when we're talking about self defense, um, they start to lose fact or, or lose sight of the fact that there are other things in their life that are equally or even more important than um, than whether or not they have a gun or are training with a gun or are, um, you know, preparing to defend themselves. It, it, it can, it doesn't always, but it can, especially if people really get into it, kind of be all-consuming to almost a, a, a detrimental degree, I believe. Well, and, and what's what's sort of um, something that I have noted is I've gotten more into this. So, like, when I first got started, it was a thing that was, like, super fun and, like, oh, my God, I have the best job in the world. I get to do this thing. And, like, my job is great. I have a I have an awesome job. Um, but as I got deeper into it, sort of like you said, and it got more serious, just the amount of fun that I was having doing it. Um, were for very different reasons and didn't seem as innocent as they were when I started. But what is sort of a thing that I've noted as I look around is that we almost like hammer the fun out of it when we're talking with new people. You- yeah, well, and you're you're kind of talking about two different things, though. I mean, in in your case, because you know there are so many things that people enjoy that eventually they get into working and you know um i there's not a saying i don't think but there should be um that if you want to kill the joy of something make it your job yeah um and so so there is that there there is the aspect of okay now i do this for a living now i do this to pay bills and it becomes something that you can't just do just because you enjoy it but you have to do it even on days when you're not feeling into it you're not super like Oh, this is this is something I really want to do today, and then you have to do it, and that that kind of comes with killing a little bit of joy. But you know, that's something separate. Um, you know, and, and we could certainly talk about that because I've done it too. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, you know, because that that is an aspect of of those of us who who go to go on to work in the industry as instructors, and and this is a very hard industry, as you know. Um, there are really great things about it, and then there are very difficult things about it. Um, but then on the other hand, you've got people who, who don't do this as a job, um, and they suck the fun out of it themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like you said, you know, we talked to a newbie or something and someone who's maybe just getting into firearms and just discovered that, Hey, these can be a lot of fun. And, you know, and there are different types of shooting, of course, that people can do where, where the fun remains. Um, you know, you want to see a bunch of people having a lot of fun, go to a well-organized and well-run 
you know, USTSA match where there's a good attitude. Like there's just a fundamental good attitude of we are here to have fun. And, and from the, from the, I guess the club management down, there's a, there's an attitude of like, Hey, this is, this is supposed to be fun and we are here to have fun and don't bring your negative attitude around. And you'll still see people having a lot of fun or you go to like a, a youth, you know, um, bullseye thing or something along those lines and you'll see kids having fun. So there, there still is fun to, to be had, but it seems like you get around the, the personal protection industry folk and, you know, as a newbie, you go, okay, yeah, I want to do this to, you know, to have fun, but I also want to make sure that I'm doing it right to defend my family and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, it is like someone takes sand and pours it over your head and says, the fun stops here. <laughs> that should be a T-shirt. I, um, I, in fact, that should be a T-shirt with, uh, with the picture. Uh, so there's a meme at least in a in a circle of our friends that's floating around of of you from a from a picture that was taken at a range where you look <laughs> unhappy. Um and that's the only in fact the title of this episode will be that picture with the glowing red eyes, the fun stops here. Um <laughs> but no, it you're you're absolutely right though. It seems that that is um is is something that is just really sort of universal across the board. Um, we got to go to break right now. We're we're talking with Melody Lauer from Citizens Defense Research, uh, and you are listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by LuckyGunner.com and Federal Premium Ammunition. They paid for this, so you don't have to. This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat Makers of the Finest Custom 1911s and Scattergun since 1977. A legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories, as well as the EDC X9L, the long slide version of the EDC X9, which offers discriminating shooters 1911 match grade accuracy, superior ergonomics, and concealability. With modern service pistol capacity, they have 15 and 18 round flavors, as well as reliability at www.wilsoncombat.com. So we're talking with Melody Lauer from Citizens Defense Research, um, and you were you were saying that when you get inside of the personal protection industry, it's almost like there's this universal um, thing that occurs, and and as you said, the fun stops here. Um, you know, and and to be clear, I I know you're not painting with a a super broad brush because there are certainly instructors that do a great job of, of making their classes fun, even despite. Um, very serious subject matter, but it does seem pretty prevalent um, inside of all of this. How how do you think we combat that? Yeah, and, and I don't want to paint with super broad brush. I want to make sure that I'm I'm giving credit where where credit is due. That there are, like you said, lots of instructors who try and make their classes entertaining and um, and realize that an element of fun needs to be had, um, but. I think I'm speaking more to like the 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 general attitude. It's it's almost like if you're trying to have fun with this particular topic, you're you're almost disrespecting it somehow. And um, there is a level of that. You know, we certainly don't want to be um, mocking it or taking light of the subject 
or, um, you know, having an air of, of frivolity. Was that a word? Frivolity. Um, yes, frivolity when it comes to the subject, because it is an extremely serious subject. But at the same time, there has to be a, a, a allowance for a little bit of, I can also enjoy this. Because I think if we, if we strip all of that away and we say that you can only take this exceptionally serious and, and you can't enjoy it, um, then we start losing people um, or we start quib- you know, quibbling over little things that ultimately you know, don't matter. And if we allow people to experiment and play, for lack of a better word, which I think is extremely important, even for adults, and we can get into that a little bit, then um, we stop the creativity that allows the subject to continue to be interesting and um, evolve. Well, and I wonder, you know, so I was sitting here thinking about... Do you think that's a byproduct of trying to get people to understand the severity and possibility of negative outcomes inside of a self-defense uh, or personal protection, you know, especially specifically we're talking about shooting right now, inside of a, a personal protection event and that because folks are trying to you know, get people to understand negative outcomes, it sort of bleeds over unintentionally? Um, I think there's a little bit of that. Uh, I think there's there's some of that. And I think it also, um, and that's, that is, if, there's a, if there is a reason to kind of, you know, dampen, you know, the, the excitement and, the, and the, the fun that you guess someone could have, like that would be the good reason. Yeah. You know, we've we've all been to classes where maybe someone's getting a little goofy or someone is getting a little bit too, you know, um, playful, as it were. And it's like, okay, uh, at some point in time, this could be dangerous if we allow this to continue. You sure. know, we can't allow people to, to be doing things, you know, um, just, you know, on impulse. And, you know, there, ha- there does have to be a level of, of safety and respect that is being paid. You know, so there is that. Um, we also want to make sure that we are we are um, advocating for a level of seriousness in the, the the subject matter itself, right? You know, we can't be joking about certain things that that are very very serious. You know, talking you know, talking about you know taking human life and the reasons why we would we would justifiably take a human life. Like those are not those are not topics that you want to sit around and and. and be frivolous with and and talk um, carelessly about. Right. You know, those are very very serious topics, and we want to make sure that they are addressed very seriously. You know, but I think the other thing that becomes you know, particularly when we get down to the the shooting itself, the shooting itself, and the the things that we do within that shooting, um, you know, the activity, you know, sight alignment and trigger press and draw stroke and, and all of these things, you know, if someone wants to even experiment or play with it at all, and they go, well, you know what, I was just kind of fooling around the other day and I decided to, you know, close my left eye and, you know, hang backwards off of the table and man, I was having a lot of fun. Well, you would never do that in a gunfight. Well, no, that's not the point. 
you know, um, and are you trying to say that someone can get zero training value from going out to the range and just enjoying themselves and trying new things provided that they're being safe um, uh, and just playing with different techniques and seeing what they like and seeing what they don't. Um, if anything, I think that when you, like I said, stop all manner of experimentation and fun and playfulness, you, you know, kind of put a stop to some learning and advancement that people can do because just like when we were children, it doesn't really change. Just the method of it changes just a little bit. We learn by playing. Um, you know, kids go out and they play with each other and they learn they learn social interactions and they learn creativity and they, you know, if you ever watched a couple of kids, you know, play with each other, they go, oh, imagine that this was happening and then I'll do this and then you imagine that this is happening. I mean, that's every forum of talking about gun stuff ever, you know. Right. <laughs> imagine that this bad guy is coming out here and this is what happens. Now, what do you do in response? You are playing. We don't call it that because we're grown-ups and we don't like to think of us as playing, but it's, it's a very, um, it's an intricate part of how human beings learn. So when we take that away and say, no, you cannot play anymore and you cannot experiment and you cannot be creative within this, you can only take my word for it because it's tacti- tactical or it's, you know, whatever, um, then you're going to hamper that creativity. And we need to give people the permission, nay, actually encourage them to play with the information that they have gotten. And yes, sometimes they're going to come up with the wrong solution and they're going to come up with things that you're going to go, whoa, um, let's think this through because on the surface, I understand why you thought that this might work, but once you think it through, you, you can determine that maybe this isn't the best course of action. But here's why. But the fact that they are playing with that information and that technique or whatever, and they are willing to try to mold it and fit into whatever it is that they were envisioning is a really healthy sign that they are invested and interested in the topic. Well, so, and what's what's funny is um, we even do acknowledge that playing is is how we learn because if you think of like pre-need decision making and um visualization and stuff like that you know what do some people call it they call it war gaming um you know and game (laughs) is is right inside of the descriptor of that i have somewhere i want to go with this um and uh i will go there as soon as this break happens um so right now we're talking with melody lauer from citizens defense research you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by LuckyGunner.com and Federal Premium Ammunition. They paid for this, so you don't have to. This segment brought to you by BigTexOutdoors.com. BigTexOutdoors.com is the best place for you to find all of your everyday carry needs at the absolute best prices. Maybe you need all the lumens from Surefire at the lowest price? No problem. Spend too much time alone in your room and need an RMR in your carry gun now? Well... BigTexOutdoors.com has those, and they understand and don't judge. Glock accessories? Yes! Fast, cheap shipping, 100% hassle-free returns, all that and more. And best of all, BigTexOutdoors.com has Ike. He's a good man and thorough. I like Ike, everybody likes Ike, and you'll like Ike too. Visit BigTexOutdoors.com today and find out what happens when every customer is a friend, not just an order. 
Um, so we're talking with Melody Lauer from Citizens Defense Research. And, um, you know, you, you were discussing the importance of play and learning. And, you know, so I know you're a big fan of Dan Carlin's Hardcore History Podcast. I am as well. Um, and I was, um, I'm re-listening to some of those, but I was listening to the one, uh, it is essentially the discussion of human existence's entrance into the atomic age. Um, and, and I started listening to that again just because, um, it's a very good episode. Oh, it really is. Um, but I started listening to that because I listened to his new book, um, the end is always near, which you know, if you're if you like history even a little bit, um, get the book and frankly get the audio version of the book because Dan Carlin reads his own book and it's it's really well done. But anyway, the point um, talking about you know how close we came to essentially destroying the world and and we as a civilization, but the people that were involved in that, you know, you look at like Eisenhower specifically. Um, you know, he was a bridge player, uh, like avid bridge player. And, you know, a lot of what, you know, he was doing on the world political um, stage, you know, in, in, in dealing with all this directly correlated to this game that he played. Um, you know, and so we've got all of these, this evidence that, as far as like learning complex things, like if you can learn it in the form of a game, that is super handy. Um, which brings me back to my point. Do you think that the gaming aspect of stuff like competitive shooting in general makes it easier to learn how to shoot better? Absolutely. I think that, and I think you're spot on. Um, we, I mean, like I said, from the time that children are practically born, we foster learning in them and we encourage learning and we actually see amazing strides in their learning when we make it into a game. And, um, I mean, they, they will tell you, you know, that play is absolutely essential to the development of healthy children and healthy thought process because if you just you give anyone a child or an adult just a set of rules very set strict set of rules and you set them and you and you put them in an environment and you say you can only behave with inside this set of rules and you give them no ability to to play and to think about the rules and apply them differently and be able to, to, you know, mold them to their own situation and expand upon them, it becomes, it, they don't learn anything at all. They stay strictly within those rules and then they come through and they do whatever it is that you tell them to do. Um, they repeat the test or they pass the test and then they forget that information as soon as they, as soon as their brain allows them to. They, they use it just enough to get through what they needed and then no more. But the people who are allowed to, you know, master it and, and play with it and craft it how they need to and then go on and think about another scenario where I did this over here, but now I'm going to do this over here, um, you know, they retain knowledge longer, they have a better mastery of that information, and they perform better. So when you look at people who get into, you know, gaming sports with, with firearms, 
um, you know, their ability to run a firearm at subconscious levels. And, you know, I mean, is the context different? Of course the context is different. But they're able to adapt much more quickly than people who never were allowed to, to play at all, um, which is why when, when you see, you can see even really good shooters um, who were never taken out of things like a, like a static range. You know, they were only able to, to you know, face down range and, and shoot a target, and they are good. They have really good accuracy. They can, they can manipulate their pistol uh, very well. They can handle it very well. You put them into an environment like a USPSA match, and um, you know, tell them to go for it, and you start doing, you start seeing them do things that that you <laughs> are almost comical in their inability to handle the newness of the environment and and run there, and you know, and it's okay if it's comical. So that's the other part about all of this is ego. We can get yeah. into that, but you know, when people invest so much of their ego, they stop playing because it's now it's very. Now it's very serious, and it's about self-image. It's not about experimentation. It's not about learning. It's about protecting um, this idea that they have of themselves. But you see them, you know, forget how to do things like a magazine change or how to do a malfunction clearing. And what, you know, as they try to you know, transition from target to target, they make they make mistakes, which is okay. Making mistakes is part of playing and part of experimenting, you know, provided you're not making them egregiously to, to harm anyone. Um, and they, but they all come away going, wow, I learned so much. And that was one of the best experiences. And I had so much fun. And all of those things are so good. And they are necessary to making someone the best at something. Well, or at least better. Well, and so you were, there's actually a technical term for the comical thing um, that you're, you know, a highly technical term. Uh, and I don't, I don't know that I've heard anyone discuss it as much, um, but uh, goofy shit, I believe is, <laughs> is no, in, in all seriousness though. And I, I've seen, um, I remember, so you happened to the first USPSA match I ever shot. Um, you were at like you, you took me to it. Um, yep. mm-hmm. and I remember seeing a guy, uh, shoot strong hand only. And you remember that? And you know, nice guy. Um, super, there were a lot of them that day. Was yeah. On the stage. Um, super nice guy, but he was shooting two hands. Uh, there was part of the stage that um, required strong hand only shooting. And he literally, literally jumped, jumped in the air, like turned um, in profile, stuck a hand in his back pocket, extended his arm out and was shooting like, like bullseye, you know, just mm-hmm. like randomly. Um, and it was, he didn't do very well, if I remember correctly. But um, the point was that that was like, where did that come from? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, and it's okay, though. Like, I, I didn't think anything malicious. It was it was funny to watch. And then I did funny, goofy shit. And that's that's yeah, just okay. Yeah, like, ran and slid under a table and all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, there's video of that of me just diving prone. Um, I think I did well on that stage, if I recall. But... Uh, anyway, the point, though, the point is that, you know, it's fine. It's fine to mess up. It's fine to do goofy shit. I didn't do well on that stage. I actually did horrible. Uh, but 
And and the nice thing is that it can provide sort of that motivation to get you through the slumps in in your own training uh, re- regimen, you know? Uh, just like, yeah. oh, hey, I had fun. It can. And, in fact, one of the things that, that sometimes people will – once they once they start taking this really seriously and they start working you know, like actually working because if you are trying especially if you're trying to gain a level of of extreme mastery in it there will be times when you are going to have to do the things you're going to have to work at the things that are not fun anymore um, there are things that you suck at and you're going to have to actually not have fun and pay attention to those things and go to the range and work at them. And it's going to suck. And you're going to be like, I don't want to do this, but this is my goal. And so therefore I'm going to have to just put in the hours and do the work. And I think that's where like a lot of people do start kind of going, Oh man, this just isn't fun anymore. But I think that the people who do become the, the best, and I'd have to talk to them and confirm this, but, but just from talking to, because we know a, a, quite a few very, very, like, professional-level shooters. Yeah. Uh, they find ways to make it fun for them again, whether they go back out and just put up a fun array of targets and just, you know, just do silly stuff just because, like, you know, I, I've always enjoyed this drill, so I'm just going to you know, play around with this drill and, you know, see if I can tweak it a little bit or see if I can beat my last time or, you know, see if I can, you know, do this standing on my head or whatever, you know, they find, they find interesting ways to challenge themselves that are entertaining to them and not just, not just work. And I think that's what separates people from who, who get burnout and, you just go, you know what, this just isn't fun anymore and I don't want to do it anymore. And people who go, you know what, I, I think I can keep sticking at this because, you know, or at least I've got this thing coming up that I've always had this match, this, you know, yearly match that I go to that has always just been fun. It's a fun match that I go and I shoot or I go over here and I'm not doing this for the reels. I'm doing this because it's just enjoyable for me to do. And that's really, really important to anyone who wants to keep, keep going and, and, um, you know, master it. Right. Uh, we got to go to break right now. We're talking with Melody Lauer from citizens defense research. You're listening to ballistic radio. Welcome back Ballistic Radio brought to you by LuckyGunner.com and Federal Premium Ammunition. They paid for this, so you don't have to. So we're talking with Melody Lauer from Citizens Defense Research, and we're in the last segment, Melody. So um, is it safe to say that Ballistic Radio is better than a cup of coffee or no? Way worse than um, that. I don't know. I haven't had coffee yet. <laughs> well, I, I was saying you seem much more alert and, and awake than when I initially spoke to you right well, yeah, yeah, I had to, I'm like, I'm, I'm slapping myself a few times trying to, trying to wake up. Wow, wow, this is a family-oriented show, Miss, none of that here. Um, <laughs> so, I guess my question is, um, I was talking with Brian Hill, um, he and I were at a class together, and got to, um, I was very lucky that I got to spend some time with Brian, because Brian's an amazing dude, 
and uh, an amazing instructor. And I, I always liked speaking with him because I always learn something every time I talk to him. Um, you know, but he was talking about the the comfort that he finds in the process. And that seems to be, um, you know, sort of a variation of a theme is that for a lot of the people that are really good, like really, really good, um, is, is that enjoyment of the process. Um, and I, I think a failing that I have always had, and I, I you know, I've, I've tried to battle it with varying degrees of success, is that the part that I enjoyed were outcomes, um, which is not really a healthy way to be, and it is something that I've worked on. Um, but the guys that are really good, you know, guys like, um, you know, Tim Heron, uh, Ben Steger, who I've had uh, several conversations with, and Ben always says the part that he enjoys is going to the range with his stuff and practicing. That's the fun part for him. And then the mm-hmm. matches and the things surrounding it are just the things that he sort of has to do to get to practice. And that seems like mm-hmm. a pretty good attitude to have about things, right? Yeah, and um, you know, and those are those are I don't want to say they're rare individuals because they're not. I mean, to 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 any degree, um, we all enjoy the process to a certain degree, or we wouldn't continue to do it. Um, you know, but but what can end up, end up happening, like you said, is you know, ego can get involved, and you get to the point where. Um, at least to a certain level, the process is kind of boring. Um, and then you just want the outcomes. You know, I want the this or that. And, and reminding yourself that the process is kind of where you started and getting back to that is, is, very, is very healthy. But I think that it's okay. You know, it, it, and here's, I think, where another part where, where we fall down as an industry. It's okay. It is absolutely okay to get to a certain point where you're safe, where you're, you know, you can confidently handle a firearm and you go, you know what, this isn't something that I enjoy anymore. Like this isn't something I'm having a lot of fun with and I don't want to go further. I don't want to become a grandmaster USPSA shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to, you know, go to matches and like that does not seem enjoyable to me. That does not seem fun to me. Now, if you're being a responsible person, especially if you're carrying a gun out in public, I do have to say that there is a responsibility to make sure that you're, you maintain your skills because you are going out there in public with a firearm um, that does have the potential to hurt other people. So you do have a responsibility to, to maintain your proficiency so that you are not a danger to yourself or anyone else. Um, and I think that you do that through continued practice and through, um, you know, even if you just decide, you know, I'm not going to go to the range every month, but, you know, once every two months I'll go to a pistol match and at least, you know, work out some kinks and see what maybe I'm falling down on and maybe once a year I'll take a class. I think that that's a reasonable thing for a, someone to do. But you don't have to become, you know, the world's best shooter. And you don't have to if, if you don't want to. You know, um, there's no rule written in the Second Amendment, you know, clause that says that this has to be your way of life for the rest of your life um, as far as the the practicing and stuff is concerned, or you're not taking it seriously. (laughs) Um, And, 
that's where I think as the industry, we get kind of wrapped around the axles that someone is not training to our level that we would like to see them train to, or they're not taking it as seriously as we are. And so therefore they are not taking it seriously at all. Or, you know, they're in a class and they're, they're just trying to enjoy themselves or they're processing information a little bit differently than we would like to see them. And therefore they are being disrespectful or they are, you know, being frivolous with the information or something like that. And unless you actually take the time to sit down and talk to them and have there been cases of that, I'm sure there have. I'm absolutely positive that there have been cases where people are being disrespectful to the information and, and frivolous and perhaps even dangerous. And at that point in time, for the safety of the group, you do have to ask those people to leave. That has happened. But for the most part, I think people are taking it seriously, and it, it is on us to encourage, not discourage, their, their taking of that information and playing with it and having fun with it. And if we can encourage safe fun and find ways to, to encourage playing and, um, uh, you know, thinking and uh, creativity, we're, we as an industry are going to be far better off for it. Well, and so the other thing, too, that strikes me, and, you know, we got a couple minutes left in the show, but um, frankly, if um, if people, you know, simply took a blue gun and practice safe, like, like purposeful handling of the blue gun inside of their own home around other people to where they were, you know— um, learning how to draw the firearm without muzzling other people or themselves and learning how to move in an actual environment without muzzling themselves or other people. That would be, frankly, for most of this, all the practice someone would need after they've mastered the extreme, you know, the basic fundamentals of, and not even mastered, but just like passing familiarity with. Um, like you can you can reasonably expect to hit you know, a, a relatively generous target at close range, you're probably okay as long as you don't point the gun at stuff accidentally, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it seems like, you know, if you want to go further than that, that's awesome, but, like, it's not a requirement. Um, no, it's not a requirement. I think that, that encouraging things like that are, in general, encouraging people to take blue guns and play with it. Um, encouraging them to take a concept and even within a class and saying, okay, we're going to give you the concept of eye dominance. Let's play with it. We're going to give you the concept of, you know, uh, pieing a corner. Let's play with it. Letting them experiment without, you know, I mean, with, within time allotments, of course, because you're not taking too much time and guiding them, but allowing them to come to conclusions and allowing them to to be creative with the information and give feedback and say, well, what if we did this? Because that's what encourages their excitement because they feel like they're involved in the learning process, which they are, instead of just being dictated to all the time. Right. Um, uh, so I'm trying to, yeah, we got, we got about two minutes left. Um, what would be your final thought that you would la- leave people with? And... If someone would like to take a class with you or uh, 
anything like that? Where can they where can they find out about that? Well, I think final thoughts would be kind of what I said, you know, encouraging people to to um, and even on in conversations like on the internet or something where someone says, well, you know, if I were if I were in this situation, I would do this, and maybe they say it, and it's completely you know tactically unsound. You know, instead of jumping down their throat and telling them how terrible and horrible they are and how they're not taking it seriously, you know, uh, encouraging them like, wow, I can see where you thought that. Like, I used to think that, too, or that used to be a thought way back then because this. But now that we've played with it more and we understand, you know, there are ways to construct that conversation that are a lot more positive and encouraging and encouraging the thought process rather than just dumping cold water on their head and saying, no, you're stupid. Uh, this is a serious topic. You're not allowed to play. Right. Um, that would be really good for not only students, but, but people coming into the industry and, and wanting to learn. Um, so that's what, that, would, that would be what I would encourage people to do. Uh, but if they wanted to come and play with us. <laughs> <laughs> Please come play with <laughs> us. At uh, citizensdefenseresearch.com and on Facebook at Citizens Defense Research because we do encourage, um, you know, learning and having thought fun and, and and fun, um, you know, good, clean, wholesome fun. <laughs> right. Uh, no. So, yeah. If uh, if folks want to come out, that would be awesome. Um, Melody, thanks so much for being a good sport um, and continuing to be the person that I lean on the most when, when I need something. Um, I, I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate you. Uh, well, I didn't really give you the option so much cause I don't think you understood quite what was going on in the, uh, I, when I called and I'm like, Hey, um, I need you to come on the show 60 seconds from now. You were very like, what? Um, so, <laughs> yes. so thanks so much. And I'm sorry that, uh, I'm sorry that I woke you. So anyway, no, that's all, right. all right. I will, uh, I'll talk to you soon. I love you. Be safe. Uh, and thanks for coming on the show. So, Hey, <laughs> make sure welcome. you check out our website, ballisticradio.com, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ballisticradio. And Hey, keep leaving those five star review on iTunes. Really appreciate it. it helps us out tremendously. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe and see you next week.